This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. In 1716, sailmaker Thomas Wood built a home in Marblehead that subsequently became known as the Old Spite House. It's still standing, perfectly preserved after 300 years. When you first gaze at it straight on, nothing immediately catches your eye. Then you notice the left side of the house, how it juts out from the main home like a ramshackle silo. It's as if half the house is reaching out towards you searching for you. The left half is ten feet wide and three stories high with a slanted roof. No one alive knows why the strange ten foot wide addition was constructed. Some say it was a dispute between Thomas Wood and his brother William, who hated each other so much they agreed to occupy opposite parts of the connected homes, vowing never to speak again. But the dead know the details. The dead know so many secrets. And at night, when the tide rolls against the Marblehead shore, the dead whisper their secrets, soft as water gliding over ocean-worn pebbles. The dead whisper that the old New England Spite House expansion was space for a future wife that Thomas yearned for named Agnes. She was a tavern server who worked the inn at the top of the hill. Every night, Thomas Wood gazed up from his bedroom window, searching for Agnes's silhouette sliding over the inn's candlelit windows. He had plans drawn up to make his home more open and inviting, a whole wing devoted to his future bride. Thomas spent much of his free time laboring over these plans, but never once did he stop to ask Agnes if she were interested in being part of them. His brother William, however, had a different approach. William spent time at the inn, and eventually proposed to Agnes, and asked her to move in with him. There was already considerable tension between the Wood brothers. After their father died, William Wood received a large inheritance that allowed him to build a superior home, twice the size of Thomas's and closer to the beautiful Gasthouse Beach. This undoubtedly was another reason Thomas planned his expansion. He wanted to compete with his richer brother spiteful about what little inheritance he'd been left. When Agnes agreed to marry William, Thomas's spite was cemented. Shortly after their wedding, a mysterious fire burned most of William's home to ash. Worse, Agnes was hurt by the fire, 
lungs damaged from smoke inhalation. William begged Thomas for sanctuary, for a comfortable place where Agnes could rest and heal. Thomas refused. I will not share my home with either of you. Instead, he aborted his plans for an expansion and hastily set out constructing the diminutive Spite House edition. The workers were often confused and construction took longer than anticipated. Meanwhile, Agnes's condition worsened as William rented her a room at the drafty inn where she used to work. By the time the Spite House was completed, Agnes was near death. She died exactly one week after she and William moved in. After her funeral, William vowed never to leave this strange small addition to Thomas's home. He became a recluse, holed up inside the tight confines of his disproportioned bedroom. Thomas would wait by the door and try to catch him leaving, offer him food through the door, even beg for forgiveness eventually. William remained eerily silent and never present. After weeks of not seeing his brother, Thomas grew concerned, but the doors between their adjoining rooms remained locked, and there had been no sign of William. Just scratch at the wall when you need me, William. Just scratch against the wood that separates us when you're ready to talk. William finally answered, I will scratch when I am ready for you. It was the last thing Thomas heard his brother say. He'd wait up at night listening for the scratching, but the scratching never came. He would prop himself up by the locked entrance to his brother's split home, hoping to catch him sneaking out for food or water, but he'd end up with nothing but a stiff back the following morning. Thomas knew William was still inside the spite house. Sometimes he woke to light rustling, sudden movement, saw footsteps from the other side of his wall, but never any scratching. Never anything beyond the slightest reminders that his brother occupied the confined half of this strange split home. Soon he couldn't sleep. He'd stay up all night, counting the number of times William must have moved, waiting for the sound of the scratching. He'd hear the house settling and hope it was William, finally ready to face him again. He'd listen to the window shades blast against the frame of the angry tide wind, and he'd wonder, when will William come? When will he let me know he's returned? His mind withered from lack of sleep and became crazed. A local legend. The feeble, broken man in the crooked house the neighbors warned each other about in hushed whispers and solemn nods. Finally, Thomas died in 1775 and was buried on the hill where the tavern once stood. His heart stopped, but his frazzled, divided mind remained briefly active still in the process of slipping away completely as he was laid to rest. He regained a small sense of the man he once was in those last moments and quietly prepared himself for rest, for judgment, for eternal slumber. He began the slow fade into black. And that's when William finally returned. That's when William finally started scratching his long, brittle fingers down the length of Thomas's casket. And there would be no rest, no eternal slumber for spiteful old Thomas Wood.
Greater Boston is written and produced by Alexander Danner and Jeff Van Driesen. The Old New England Spite House of Marblehead Mass was written and produced by Jeff Van Driesen. This episode was narrated by special guest John Grills, creator of the creepy-as-hell audio drama Small Town Horror. Holloway Joe and Hurdy Gurdy Drones recorded by Adrian Howard, Dirk Tiedy, and Emily Peterson. Piano and some sound effects by Dave Fernandez. Now, some more creepy hijinks to celebrate Halloween. First and foremost, if you enjoy omnipresent melancholy dread, and who doesn't, then you owe it to yourself to check out Small Town Horror. It's a fantastic series, and we were delighted to have John guest in this episode. Next, Lane Lloyd's series Sable is an ongoing audio fiction of linked stories of the horrible. I've actually woken my wife up at night because I couldn't help reacting vocally to things I'd heard in Sable. Archive 81 and The Deep Vault are a pair of subterranean explorations full of demons, mutants, unspeakable gods, and ill-prepared explorers with no idea what they've signed up for. And finally, the No Sleep podcast is a long-running audio fiction series with all kinds of tales of the creepy and frightening by an assortment of writers. So if you're looking for more shows to listen to this Halloween to give you frights and scares and occasional nausea, there's a great list to get you started. Happy Halloween! The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. So now what am I supposed to believe? Is any of this for real? Well, it looks to me like you're trying to hide. Yeah, my mom always said, don't trust anybody. Maybe they'd want to know where you're hiding out tonight. Thank you for returning my license, Joseph. That ding-dang detector pulled you. But she was married, you know. Stop being a little prick. Do you have your doubts? All right, kids. Say goodbye to Uncle Joseph. I'll handle it. Whoa, whoa, whoa there, buddy. Just say how sorry we are to hear about your parents. Why is she talking about you having a mustache? You want to take a walk? Three complete seasons of Dirt, an audio drama, are now available to binge wherever you listen to podcasts or at dirtaudiodrama.com.